everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The True Crime Teacher. Again, this is Miss B. I am a high school English teacher by day, but 24-7 I have a true crime obsession that just holds me hostage. Uh, So as promised in the first episode, I was going to focus on the Nexium cult today. And y'all, this goes to the top and way deeper than I ever thought it could be for a freaking pyramid scheme. But, so, I, yo, honestly, let's just start from the top. So, the majority of the information um, that I found on Nexium is from the Wikipedia page and kind of looking around the different um, pages of the different members and stuff and just trying to figure out who's who. Uh, so, basically, to start off, if you're as clueless as I am, hopefully this will all make sense to you. Uh, so basically, Keith Rainier and Nancy Salzman in the late 90s, like 98 in Albany, New York, they decided to start this, they call it multi-level marketing, but let's just call it what it is. It's a pyramid scheme. And they started this pyramid scheme together and the whole, like what they were selling basically was like personal success. Um and it wasn't like selling a product, but they were selling these classes and seminars, basically, um, that when you attended, uh, it would help people like be feel more joyful in their life. And by having this joy in their life, they'd be more successful. Um, so the program programs are called executive success programs. And once, you know, some people started going, then by word of mouth, it just blew up. Um so the people that took these courses, uh, they had to call Rainier and Salzman um, by names. Uh, so Rainier was Vanguard and Salzman was called Prefect. Um, and once, once you know, Nexium really became a, a culty sort of thing and not just a pyramid scheme. Um, I read that there was actually like a Vanguard week And that it was just like week-long celebration for Rainier's birthday that he was like the founder and the leader of this cult. So everyone spent a whole week celebrating his birthday. Um, But basically, okay, so this started in 98. And by 2003, there were like nearly 4,000 people that had joined Nexium and caught wind of it and had taken these classes. Um, And we're talking like entrepreneurs and business executives and like high ups and like different countries' governments and everything. Um... So some two big ones, two names that are going to come up later, and they get really involved um, in Nexium is Claire and Sarah Bronfman. Um, They are the heiresses, although I don't know if they're heiresses any longer, um, to the Seagram beverage fortune. Um, So these two, their sisters, uh, they get involved in the early 2000s, and they start, you know, after a time, they become higher-ups. but they're involved and they love it. And they did a lot of recruiting for uh, Keith and Nancy. Uh, And then something that was a little sketch was that in these trainings that they would take these executive success programs, uh, people had to sign non-disclosure agreements that they wouldn't share like what took place in these classes. I guess they called it a trade secret or whatever. Um, But we'll see that you know, someone didn't abide by their NDA and they got out and started reporting things that were happening. And that's like when shit really hit the fan. So anyway, so I was looking into some of the beliefs of Nexium um, and kind of like how it worked. And I feel like if you 
no like one pyramid scheme you basically know how a lot of them work um so you have different rankings and in like modern pyramid schemes like lip or avon or sensi or whatever like you're ranked by like you know different colors or gemstones or whatever uh in nexium they had sashes and it was kind of like martial arts where like as you went up in the ranks you've got like a different colored sash um so in like the different classes the sessions that they would have uh at the end of it there would be like photographs of Rainier and Salzman that they would show and like they had to publicly like show their gratitude to the pictures and thanking them for it and you know that's like just the tip of the culty stuff um okay so these classes that they took I don't know if this was like just the only options for classes that they had or if this was like you know the the biggest of the biggest uh but they were called intensives and they were for 12 hours a day and it was 16 days straight uh, and each class would cover like a weird topic. Like there was one that had something about Dracula in the title and uh, it talked about psychopaths and how they got people, like how they would persuade people to do things or whatever. And, uh, but there was one class where the participants were told to like brainstorm and think about different ways. Like if your spouse or your partner, whoever suddenly died, how would that benefit you? And that, I, I don't know if that was the topic of the whole 12 hour class, but oh my God. Um, so, you know, benefits of partner death. Uh, so I don't know if any you know, sudden partner deaths took place after that class. And if people happened to get away with it or something, I didn't read that far into it, but who knows? Um, uh, this sounded very like, oh, Scientology to me, this part. Uh, so people who were against Nexium, they were called like suppressors or suppressives that they, you know, didn't get Nexium. They didn't understand it. Uh, and they were just kind of out to get them because they just, they weren't enlightened yet. Um, and then people that were previously part of Nexium and then you know, decided to quit and try to tell people how horrible it was, um, kind of like Leah Remini in Scientology. Uh, the people in Nexium who this applied to, they were called Luciferians, because uh, it's like Lucifer was the angel that fell from heaven, and uh, saying that, you know, these people personally went against Keith Rainier, and Keith was like God, and the people were the angels that fell from heaven and became Lucifer. It was, there's a whole all kinds of messaging that's in there um and then okay the i cannot wrap my head around this but like i guess some of the higher ups in nexium so like the bronfman sisters maybe and we'll talk about allison mack here in a second that actress that was on smallville um apparently some of these people were told like in a past life that they were high-ranking Nazis, like, in a previous life, like, we know that this is who you were, we've looked into who you are, and you you were previously, like, one of your incarnations was a Nazi, and apparently Nancy Salzman, like, the, I guess the second in command for this whole thing, she was told that she was, like, the reincarnation of Hitler, like, that in her past life before being Nancy, she was Adolf Hitler. 
So I, I'm just going to let you sit on that one. Um, so Nancy's Hitler, I suppose. Uh, so getting into like, we're in the early 2000s, early mid 2000s. So in like 2003, 2004, uh, Nexium sued this guy named Rick Allen Ross. He was, he's kind of turned his life into being someone that investigates cults for a living. And he has, um, I think like a website where he kind of exposes all these different groups, these cults. Um, so there was someone that was a former member of Nexium that like basically took a training manual when they were not supposed to, and they brought it to Rick Allen Ross and said, Hey, look at what's happening in this group, this Nexium group. You should look into that. So Ross posted some of the excerpts on his website, basically saying, here you go world, look at what they're doing. So Nexium said to Rick Allen Ross, like, we're going to sue you for copyright infringement because you took our manual and you put it on your website. Um, but Rick Allen Ross also said that he had like a psychiatrist look over the manual that was given to him. And the psychiatrist came to the conclusion that it was basically just brainwashing, um, but very, quote, expensive brainwashing. <laughs> so... But that's when I think people really started to notice that there's something really shady going on with Nexium. Um, that it's not just this fun, like, personal enlightenment course, that maybe there's some culty shit going on. Uh, so then also in 2003, there was going to be, I guess, this article from Forbes magazine that was going to come out and was really going to highlight Nexium. Um, but then we've got this dude, Edgar Bronfman, I guess, who was in the article, um, or he had said something about the article. Uh, so Edgar Bronfman is the dad of Claire and Sarah, the two girls that were the Seagram beverage heiresses. Uh, basically, their dad came straight out and said in an article, like, I think it's a cult. I think my daughters are part of a cult. Uh, basically, I haven't talked to them in months, and we don't really have a relationship. It's fallen apart. They're like way into this Nexium thing. Uh, so that was some bad publicity for Nexium there as well. And then again in 2006 with Forbes, um, they Forbes reported that Claire and Sarah Bronfman took out a two million dollar loan. Like they basically loaned Nexium two million dollars to fund who knows what. Um, so we've got you know, all of us, like these heiresses being involved. And now we're talking millions of dollars going into it. Like what the hell is happening? Um, now, Allison Mack, she, okay. So I didn't really watch Smallville. Um, like I knew of the show. It was kind of a thing when I was like in middle school. Um, I just, you know, didn't get into it. But anyway, so Allison Mack, I guess she was one of the bigger actresses in the show. Um, she joined, she got recruited by Nancy Salzman, who again is our number two, or she was called Prefect by the members. Um, so Nancy Salzman and her daughter basically recruited Allison Mack, and Allison just loved Nexium like it was the best thing that she's ever seen in her entire life. She got her parents to take some classes, so parents were giving money to this thing. Um, and then after Smallville like stopped their filming and they ended the show, whatever. She apparently packed up her life and she moved pretty close to the headquarters of Nexium, and that was in 2011. 
Um, so Allison Mack is like up to her eyeballs in Nexium. She just loves it. Um, in 2008, uh, going back to the Bronfman sisters. So this is, damn, they like really have some sway with the legal system or something. Like they've got, you know, their hands and pockets of whoever they want. They must have some blackmail on a lot of higher up people. Um, so these Bronfman sisters, again, they're kind of estranged from dad. Uh, haven't spoken to him in months, according to him. They took out a $2 million loan to give to Nexium in 2006. Well, in 2008, apparently they uh, talked to one of their dad's friends. His name is Stephen Herberts. Um, he's like involved in the legal system. I think he might be a lawyer or someone close to lawyers. They basically pressured him into opening some what they call criminal investigations into the critics of Nexium to try to like find whatever they could to blackmail them. Um, so they had cases open in New York and New Jersey. And like some of the big names that like I found that they had, you know, kind of kept files on and been keeping tabs on for a while. Um, Chuck Schumer um, and Roger Stone. So politics entertainment industry like i said this goes to the top so i guess nexium was super super aggressive against their critics we learned that in 2003 2004 when uh they tried to sue rick allen ross for posting their manual on the website and now in 2008 we've got tabs on politicians people in the entertainment industry like what have you like everything so yeah. So getting into, uh, this is the, what's called DOS. Um, it's like the secret sisterhood. It's Dominum Obsequios Sororium. Uh, so basically it was a women's only, they called it a secret sisterhood. It's great. It's just for the ladies of Nexium. Um, they, so I, oh my God. Basically, from what I understand, it was a mass sex trafficking ring, like it, there was sexual slavery involved, um, and I believe that Rainier was, again, like the mastermind behind DOS, just like he was with Nexium, and oh my god, so he would have these girls, women, um, like provide nudes or other like really personal private details about them. Um, and he used it almost like as blackmail, like, you know, you're in this group now. And if you try to leave and tell people about what happened, we will ruin you. Your life will be over um, just because of what they had on these women. Uh, and these women also like they were branded uh, Sarah Edmondson, she was an, an actress, a Canadian actress that was involved with Nexium and she was part of DOS. Um, and she, after she left DOS and came forward, she was very brave for coming forward with her story. Um, she would talk about how she was blindfolded and held down and they were branded, uh, with the initials, I believe of Rainier and Nancy Salzman. And they were branded with like a cauterizing pen, basically. Um, and I think I had heard, I think I actually heard it on NPR the other day. I was driving home and uh, they were talking about Nexium because 
Keith Rainier had just been sentenced. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but they were talking about how some of these women, like where they were cauterized, it was like kind of their lower stomach area, I think, like kind of by like your hip bone. Um, like that's where they would be branded with these initials. So it wouldn't be like openly public to everybody. But like if you were part of the group, like you would kind of know where to look and you would know what it meant. Um, so DOS, I think, is where I've probably said this phrase once this episode shit really started to hit the fan. Um, and now that, that we've got Sarah Edmondson that came out and she told people uh, this is what's happening with DOS. This is what they're doing hundreds of people left like they found the courage to leave because sarah told her story so after she went public dos saw their numbers drop quite a bit because they had hundreds of women that left uh so jumping forward to 2018 this is when all the arrests start happening um so in March of 2018, like y'all, the dominoes are about to fall. In March of 2018, Keith Rainier was arrested. Um, I believe he was arrested in Mexico and brought back to the United States. Uh, his charges included sex trafficking, um, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking, and conspiracy to commit forced labor, um, which I believe tied into DOS, that forced labor bit, but I could also see that tying into Nexium. Um, so like I said, he, you know, how he got these women to do things for him and not ever leave DOS uh, was because he had all this personal information. He would take their assets. He would absolutely liquidate everything they had. They gave it all to him. And so, again, like if they tried to leave, they'd be helpless, not only like financially, but he had all this info that he was going to use to just ruin them. So that was March 2018. We've got Keith Rainier, who's arrested. In April 2018, Allison Mack, Wilma Smallville, got arrested. So, like I said, she was someone that was just, like, up to her eyeballs in Nexium. She just loved it. She became higher up, did lots of recruiting. She coerced a lot of women into joining the group for Keith Rainier. She was, like, basically a lackey for him. Um but she got out on $5 million bond. She got put on house arrest. She went on house arrest with her parents in California. Boo freaking who. She wound up pleading not guilty, of course. Um, right after Rainier and Allison Mack got their home, got arrested, Nancy Salzman, our number two chick, she got her home raided by the FBI. And they went in there and took all this stuff out of her home. And I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. Excuse me. Keeping it real here on the True Crime Teacher Podcast. So anyway, Nancy Sullivan, home raided. Take all the shit out of her house. Um, again, in April 2018, we've got two arrests. Nancy Salzman's got her home raided. All of a sudden, Nexium is like, we're moving to Brooklyn. Um so they move again. They were in Albany, New York previously, and now they are in Brooklyn. And Claire Bronfman, our Seagram Beverage heiress number one, is the person who's running the whole thing. Um, so 2018, April, she takes it over. By June 2018, so two months later, um, the Times Union paper magazine reports that Nexium essentially 
stopped all their business operations. They suspended everything due to, and I can't get over this, quote, extraordinary circumstances facing the company. Like, you don't say. Um, so, June 2018, it seems that Nexium has been ended. It has ceased operations. Um, in July, little Miss Claire Bronfman, she's arrested. She's arrested on racketeering and somehow released after signing. I, I'm not making this number up. $100 million bail bond. What the fuck? So Claire Bronfman signs this thing like hey, money and goodbye. Um, then also arrests. Boom, boom, boom. Dominoes coming down. Like I said, we've got Nancy Salzman, our number two. Um, her daughter, Lauren, who did a lot of recruiting with her. And then there was an employee for Nexium named Kathy Russell. They all three get arrested. They are all charged with racketeering. All decide to plead guilty. Um, I'm sure to receive lesser sentences. So we've got Rainier, Allison Mack, um, Claire Bronfman, and then Nancy and Lauren Salzman, Kathy Russell, all arrested in the span of four months. Um, so things are starting to absolutely collapse for Nexium. Uh, fast forward to June 2019. We have had this court case going on for Keith Rainier. Uh, he winds up ultimately being convicted of racketeering and sex trafficking. Um, so he gets convicted. He's awaiting sentencing. Uh, earlier in this year, in 2020, he had a lawsuit filed against him for, quote, conducting illegal psychological experiments on his employees, um, abusing them physically, emotionally, financially, like not trying him in criminal court, I don't believe, but just seeking lots of money for damages to these people um, that he potentially like permanently harmed forever and ever. Um, so everyone that was in Nexium and had to cope with what was done to them by Keith Rainier, hope, they're hoping that with this lawsuit, um, they'll be able to receive some sort of compensation. It's, it's of course not enough to you know, reclaim the life that they once had, but I suppose it's something. Um, so as of today, uh, today's the first day in November that I'm recording this. This is going to come out tomorrow, the 2nd of November. So just last week, this is what kind of sparked my interest in this whole thing in the first place, was that on October 27th, Keith Rainier was sentenced to 120 years in prison. So essentially, a life sentence without parole for the charges of racketeering and sex trafficking. Um, so I would have to look in a little bit more to see like exactly what prison he's in. If he's, if he's in a federal prison or if they have him like in a state prison in New York. Um, but basically he's in prison for the rest of his life, never getting out again. Sidebar. I saw the funniest picture of him ever. I think he had like a ponytail. It was like in prison. Someone took a picture of him in this, raggedy looking ponytail he's playing volleyball in prison and it just it really warmed the cockles of my heart <laughs> to see this shithead now this is his life playing volleyball in prison uh, so that is the story of the nexium cult um i you know i feel like i barely scratched the surface in the 24 minutes that I've been talking with you. Um, 
So if I could do a part two, I feel like Keith as a whole, like looking into his, you know, his life and his story, who he was before he got involved in any pyramid schemes, like that could be its own episode. Um, so I don't personally plan on continuing the Nexium story with the next, uh, you know, Murder Monday, but should I get requests, what have you, um, I have an idea for what I want to do my next Murder Monday on. So I think that's pretty set. But if anyone wants me to continue the Nexium story going into Keith Rainier and some more about him, I mean, I'd be more than happy to do that. Um, so some notes to leave you on this Murder Monday. Um, it was a kind of kind of dark episode. Uh, I guess all Murder Mondays are going to be pretty dark. But tomorrow, not tomorrow, Tuesday is. Well, for me, tomorrow is Monday, but for y'all tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday, it's Tuesday. Tuesday, November 3rd is the election in the United States. Um, if you are a resident of the United States, you've been well aware of that. I'm just ready for the political ads to end. Um, but if you're not a resident of the U.S. and you're just kind of keeping up, um, we have our presidential election coming up on Tuesday. And... Uh, I voted already. I voted early. Um, I live in Iowa, so we had in-person absentee voting that we could do. So I went and I did that. Um, on the first day that I was able to go, I went and voted and I still waited in line for at least an hour. So if you are someone that is going to go stand in the polls or stand in the line for the polls on Tuesday, um, I commend you. Please bring a snack, bring some water. Um, something to do to occupy your time. And remember that if you are in line by the time polls close, you still have every legal right to stay in line and have your vote be cast. So please do not turn around and leave just because polls have closed and you're still standing in line. You are still legally allowed to vote. If you have not voted already and you don't have a plan, put a plan together, please. Because I mean, they, I know they said this four years ago that it was the most important election of our life, but really, truly 2020, I feel like this is the most important election of my life. And granted, I'm only in my mid-20s. I haven't been alive all that long. This is only the third election that I voted in. But I, you know, I didn't didn't love my choices this year. But, you know, I voted because I knew it was my civic duty. I felt I had an obligation to have my voice be heard. Um, and for everyone that says my voice isn't enough, uh, you've got hundreds of thousands of people that say that as well. And that's hundreds of thousands of people that could sway the way that this election goes. Um, we are almost positive that results are not going to be ready by midnight on election night going into Wednesday. This is going to be a long process. So please, if you are keeping up with the media and you're trying to keep up with votes are being cast, make sure that you're getting your information from a neutral source like the Associated Press or NPR. Um, please do not go, whether you're right wing, left wing, what have you, please do not go to some biased sources um, to try to find your results of the election. Please keep it neutral. Please double check everything that you read before you believe it, before you post it. Um, misinformation is such a huge, huge issue in this election. So be mindful of what you're reading. Be careful before you post because you don't know who you're sending this information to. Um, that's my soapbox. That's my note. I'm, you know, 
I'm just hoping that the country doesn't absolutely dissolve into unrest. And who knows? I don't know. Um, but I have hope. I have hope in us. So join me on Thursday. Of course, if you haven't had enough election talk by the time it's come and gone, um, join me on Thursday for Teacher Thursday. I will be talking about the election. If we have results by Thursday, I'll be talking about the results of the election, um, how I am noticing my students deal with the election and the conversations that they're having. Again, I work with high schoolers, so they're pretty well aware of things that are going on in the world. Um, so we'll talk about the election, how to address the election with your students, how to take care of yourself when it comes to results of the election. Um, so take care of yourselves, everyone. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I will see you on Teacher Thursday. See ya. Thank you.